0: This is Juliana McIntosh.
1: And I'm Brad Sutton. And this this is
0: is The the Art Art of Drinking. drinking. With Join Jules.
1: And your favorite uncle. This is the best home bartending podcast.
0: Where you learn how to make two drinks.
1: A classic.
0: And a twist.
1: Plus a little backstory on the cocktail.
0: So you have an interesting story to tell when you serve your guests.
1: Your home crafted masterpiece.
0: All right. All right. Uncle Brad, this is a very fun episode. We are the art of drinking. So we need to cover everything that you can be drinking. And one thing that we don't talk about enough is mocktails. So I thought it would be wise to dedicate a whole episode to the mocktail category. And there's a lot here from what you can do with all the alcohol alternatives, there's a lot of alcohol alternative canned beverages. There's even all the fun little mocktails you can make at home with fresh ingredients. I mean, I know that mocktails for some aren't their favorite, but there's a huge wave in mocktails. So it's, it's fun to cover it.
1: Yeah, I, I think this category definitely needs some attention. I mm-hmm. am not, you know, so look, I mean, you're talking to somebody who, I'm all about the cocktail, (laughs) but there are times when, say, like cousin Danielle uh, Fitzpatrick was over when she was pregnant, and she wanted a mocktail, and I'm serving cocktails, and I felt bad not being able to prepare something for her. Right, right. So I think mocktails definitely have their place, especially if they're the kind of mocktails that if I just add a little vodka, I'm back in the cocktail game. No disrespect to those that just enjoy mocktails. Although probably if you don't drink alcohol and you only drink mocktails, you probably don't listen to this <laughs> this <laughs> podcast. But nonetheless, as good bartenders, we need to have recipes prepared for those who don't drink. I embrace this category, although it's not one that I indulge in.
0: No, and that's okay. And and I think, Brad, one of the, the fun facts you kind of uh, said a second ago was you can add a little bit of vodka, and, and that's what I love about mocktails, but I also love about some of the cocktails that I make, is there's no right answer. You can really make it how you like it, that's what I've always said from day one, and whether you're making a mocktail, totally. Make a big, I mean, when I make my batched cocktails, like say I'm making a batch margarita, I don't add any of the booze because I like mezcal. Some of my friends just like tequila, some of my friends are pregnant, and they can't drink at all. So I like to keep it a mocktail base with booze on the side if I'm batching. Another fun idea is when you have a cocktail, and this is kind of a fun tip, when you have a cocktail, my easy solution to turning that into a mocktail is omitting the spirit and adding bubble water in substitution, right? So just take the spirit out. That's a good idea. Add some soda water, and you just have this really refreshing fresh juices and things like that that I think make it really fun. Like a pina colada is a really easy one, too, to just omit the rum.
1: Pina colada is super easy.
0: Totally. And you just, you know, pump up the pineapple juice and maybe a little bit more sweetener. But I feel like once you start making mocktails from cocktails, you'll be like, oh, this is so easy to do, and vice versa.
1: You can make a pina colada and just not add the rum, and you're just fine. It's a totally great mocktail. Also, mocktails are like, you know, uh, soda water. You said it best. Like, before I was of drinking age, I remember going into, I think it was like a Nordstrom's or something back when like the Mall of America opened up, right? So like, Mm -hmm. wow, walking around the Mall of America. And Nordstrom had this shop outside that made Italian sodas, which was just simply simple syrup, like any of those bottles of flavored syrups that you might see at a coffee shop Mm -hmm. those are great in just a glass ice and soda water. And you have what you call an Italian soda. Add a little cream and they do that too. So there's a wide world of mocktails. And I don't think you need to get wound around the axle too hard to be able to produce non-alcoholic beverages for your friends. Now you want to get zhuzi, and zhuzi, an I like zhuzi, right yeah, here. keep it, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. Keep it around Bougie, it. I think I meant to say, you want to get a little oh, bougie, you know, you can totally bougie, get longer on the axle and make some, yeah, make some cool <laughs> stuff. But by and large, mocktails have a place, and I think your bar deserves, or at least your customers, whether those be your friends, family, or actually paying yep. customers, they deserve a spot if you, if they don't drink, right? They deserve a right. spot at your bar, even if they don't drink.
0: Well, and I mean, Brad, it's so cool now, we're talking about mocktails on on a very basic level, but I mean, now there's all these alcohol alternative spirits. I mean, you could make the cocktails we're making, and I bet you there's a alcohol alternative rum. There's an alcohol alternative whiskey now. So you can make a mocktail with these recipes and just use those alcohol alternatives so you don't feel like you're missing out and you can still have fun in the mixology realm But it doesn't necessarily have to be alcohol. And I think that's what's fun. And we're going to talk about it, actually, kind of a switch up. I'm going to talk about it kind of in our history (laughs) section.
1: (laughs) Like I'm out of my depth, yeah.
0: Yeah. No, I'm going to talk a little bit in our history section, just like the evolution of how mocktail started to where it's going and and some of the ideas with all these alternatives, aperitif alternatives, canned beverages. So it's an ever-growing category that is becoming super inclusive to those who want a mocktail when you're sitting at a bar. You'll start to see more mocktails popping up. But Brad... I yeah. think this is interesting that hasn't quite caught on yet that I'm interested to see if it will in the next you know, five years or so. There's the cocktail menu. And then if you look below, there's the mocktail non-alcoholic menu. There's no low ABV section, really.
1: I am starting to see it pop up. Really? We just talked about this in the Aperol Spritz episode. I yes,
0: think. that's right. And
1: yeah. I have now tuned my antenna Right to uh, to look for this, and I am seeing starting to see low ABV starting to pop up. Not everywhere, but like it's. I think it's going to start making its its surge here over the next couple of years.
0: Yeah, and if you're listening, and you're like low ABV, it's low alcohol by volume, and those are the drinks where you can get like an americano, not the coffee, but an americano, which is the Campari, sweet vermouth, and soda water. So lighter cocktails, not so heavy on a spirit like vodka or rum. So, I, yeah, I I think they're coming. I mean, for me, sometimes I want to go and just not have a full-blown cocktail. Sometimes I just want something Mm -hmm. light and refreshing you can sip on. So I think that's the next wave on top of this mocktail train that is just full steams ahead. And I don't see it going backwards anytime soon.
1: Yeah, you nailed the jewels. I mean, my feelings and philosophies are starting to shift even a little bit, even after we did the Aperol episode. I'm like, you know, maybe it's okay for me to have a low ABV, low alcohol, every once uh, in beverage. a while. Like, it's okay, yeah. you know, because, yeah, I mean, when we just were out at this event and it was like a four hour deal, I mean, I couldn't hammer down cocktails for four hours. No I'd way. be hammered at the end of the deal, yeah. right? And I want to keep my composure. So, I think I'm starting to get down with low-proof cocktails.
0: Yep. I still love yeah.
1: a good stiff cocktail. I still like a spirit, which I mean, <laughs> what I mean to say is I like a spirit-forward cocktail. But yes. I I can, yeah, I mean, I'm I'm starting to embrace the low-proof The life. lower,
0: yeah. Well, cool. Okay, so we covered mocktails, low ABV, and in this episode, we're gonna have two mocktail recipes that are gonna be so refreshing, so fun to try if you wanna make a mocktail at home. I'm gonna give a little history section, but it's more so gonna be a conversation, Brad. You and I are just gonna kinda talk about how mocktails are, and we already touched upon it, but just a little bit more, and all the history of of where it started, because it is kind of a fun history that I'm sure a lot of people can guess. We have some non-alcoholic brands that you should go out and try the next time you're looking for some, and then a little tip section. So uh, we got a fun episode here. Don't think just because it's mocktails that it's lacking. It's not. We're coming with the heat on this one.
1: Bring it! Yeah, I, I've uh, I've I've looked ahead into the recipe notes, and boy, you're bringing <laughs> it! Yeah, I'm bringing
0: it. All right, all right. Let's get let's, let's get, get into the recipes. All right, we have two new recipes that are delicious mocktails, and we kind of talked about it in the beginning. I personally think mocktails are really fun because you can have a lot of fun with seasonality here. And Brad, you know that's that's kinda how I started, was using really fresh ingredients. And I think mocktails are one of the best ways to get creative using what's in season and maybe something new. Shrubs is a fun idea too, but I think it all rests on fresh flavors. So that's what my recipe really leans on today. And Brad, I'm looking at your recipe notes and yours does too. So do you want me to go first or do you wanna go first?
1: Hey, man, you know what? I think you need to go first. This (laughs) is definitely your domain.
0: Okay, perfect. I was hoping you'd say that. So my cocktail we made back in dry January. It's one of my all-time favorite mocktails. I call this a morning martini, Because honestly, if you're out somewhere and say you're at a bachelorette party and you're not drinking, or say you're out on vacation and you're not drinking, this is when everyone's having mimosas, you're having this cantaloupe martini. It's so delicious. And you are going to want to have, I mean, even people who are drinking cocktails are going to want to have one because it's just so refreshing. So what you're going to want to do get a fresh cantaloupe. And it's really easy to get a cantaloupe, save half to eat, save the other for cocktails. There's two ways you can really make cantaloupe juice. The first way is the easiest way, which is cutting up fresh cantaloupe, obviously take the rind off, and then just muddling it until you get the juices and then straining from there. That's kind of like a lazy hack. The best way to get cantaloupe juice is to cut up your cantaloupe. Again, you're not getting any of the rind. Blending it. I like to blend with a little bit of water just to get it all flowing and going, and then strain it. So fresh cantaloupe juice, you have to have fresh cantaloupe juice for this recipe. So we're doing four ounces of cantaloupe juice into a cocktail shaker. Then from there, and I think this is super necessary, basil syrup, because it just gives that earthy basil flavor that goes so well with cantaloupe. So we're gonna take a half ounce of basil syrup, which if you're wondering, it's equal parts water and sugar. You're gonna wanna make that with a couple of fresh basil leaves. Stir until the sugar dissolves on medium heat and then let it cool completely with the basil leaves in there. Then once it's at room temp, you can strain it. I actually, when I make my simple syrup, basil simple syrup, I'll leave a basil leaf in the container. So for two reasons, I get more basil flavor and the second I remember what syrup it is without having to put a piece of, uh, you know, sticky tape on there. So we're going to do a half ounce of that basil syrup, however you want to make it, four ounces of the cantaloupe juice, like I said, three quarters of an ounce of fresh squeezed lime juice, and I add in a pinch of sea salt. Again, it's just going to help bring those flavors out. You're going to add ice, shake, and you're going to double strain into a chilled coupe glass, and you will have the most delicious cantaloupe martini, mocktail.
1: Oh, right. that sounds so good. Oh man, the I gotta perfect, tell you.
0: I know, perfect morning cocktail, mocktail.
1: So not that we're talking about food here, but one of my favorite summertime dishes, which I'm literally going to the store tonight and I'm buying a cantaloupe and I'm gonna make this. It's cantaloupe soup, chilled no cantaloupe way.
0: soup. Oh yeah. I thought you- Gonna say like prosciutto wrapped cantaloupe. I was like, Oh, me too.
1: Ooh, also great. Yeah. (laughs) I love melon. Yeah, I know we're talking about mocktails, but one of my favorite memories is like a high school friend of mine, Shannon Fredberg. If you're out there listening, like here's to you. She (laughs) went to Italy and came back with a bottle of cantaloupe-flavored vodka. Now, I'm talking like, you know, we're young at these days. And so it was so good. She, so we took a pitcher and we cut up a cantaloupe. We threw cantaloupe in the pitcher, poured the vodka in the pitcher. Yes, you did. And then we were just pouring it over ice and drinking the vodka and oh, then eating the cantaloupe peppers. out. Oh, it was so good. But the cantaloupe soup with a little creme fraiche. Wow. Oh my God. I've never had it. Oh, Jules, I'll send right. you this recipe. Please. you know what, maybe I'll even post it in the uh, description of this podcast. I'm telling you, it is so good. <laughs>
0: Well, you're getting a couple of things out of today's episode. Well, the last thing, Brad, on the melon note, I will say, I know that I called this a cantaloupe martini. You can use this with any melon. Honeydew would work great here. Also, watermelon. So versatile, whatever you got.
1: Wow, you really got my...
0: Uh, creative juices of melon flowing.
1: <laughs> yeah, I was going like to say juices, but I was trying to find something not so punny.
0: Uh, oh.
1: All right. This cocktail, admittedly, cocktail? you know, I was, I was going to mocktail sorry (laughs) mocktail i was gonna go with like a shirley temple and totally cop out but i was like no i can't cop out with the shirley temple i mean that's just grenadine and ginger ale right so i mean but if you make homemade grenadine you can always do that
0: i have a recipe on the website too
1: yeah and by the way homemade grenadine please if you're using the stuff out of the store just go make your grenadine it's so easy knock it off okay my buddy john young The Mocktail Maven gave me this recipe and I tried it. It was actually really good. Okay. So this is what he does. He takes an ounce of fresh lime juice, an ounce of fresh pineapple juice. And here's a hack on the pineapple juice thing. You can make your own pineapple juice. It's easy, but it's a little bit, it's a little tedious too. There's a lot of like byproduct that comes out that you don't use. If you go get organic pineapple juice and it's stuff that doesn't have a lot of binders and stuff in it, I have found that to work pretty good to the point that I'm not really noticing a huge difference. But if you wanna make it fresh yourself, go for it. Either way, you're gonna use some fresh pineapple juice Well, you juice could here. even
0: do the the muddle hack too. Just cut some up, muddle it to get get the juices out of there. Yeah. It works.
1: There you go. Feel like for that size of <laughs> I know. fruit, you don't get enough juice. <laughs> I know, Anyways, I
0: know.
1: So then you take a half ounce of raw agave syrup, one to two, depending on how spicy you like it, none at all if you don't like it spicy, but a couple of thin slices of jalapeno. Mm -hmm. And then you take a couple of sprigs of cilantro and pull the leaves off the cilantro and throw it in. And then take about three, four mint leaves and you put that into your Boston shaker and you muddle it. And then once you muddle all that stuff together, you take a big chunk of ice, throw that in a lowball glass, you pour it over the top of that big chunk of clear ice, and you're gonna want to double strain this. So you're mm-hmm. going Hawthorne strainer and your fine mesh strainer. So you don't want all the bits floating around in there. And then you just garnish that off with, again, like a couple of leaves of cilantro. Just make them look really pretty on top of that ice cube. If you want to toss a mint leaf on there too, go ahead and maybe a little jalapeno on top of that. That's yeah. fine as well. Yeah. And there you've got your Vendetta Sour.
0: Wow. Brad, I'm so glad you did that instead of the, the Shirley Temple because, oh my God, I want to actually go run and make this. That sounds so refreshing. I can smell the cilantro and the mint just being muddled together with that pineapple oh, yeah. juice. Oh,
1: spring summery in a, in a glass. Yes. It is begging so. for
0: just a little miscal in there. I know. Hey, listen, And
1: I, I left the door open. I totally. left the door open. If you want to add a little vodka or a little tequila, a little mezcal in there, no one's going to be too upset.
0: Well, and I think your recipe would be perfect to do a alcohol alternative tequila. Absolutely. You know, there's room. I there's haven't room tried any
1: of those yet. So I'm not speaking from experience. I know you have. And yes. so, and you know, look, I've got friends who have literally made the choice. Like, I'm just going to stop drinking, right? Like they're just like, Got to the point, I'm just done. I'm it's not that I have to, I just want to, right? Yeah. And they are onto alternative spirits. And so look, that world exists, right? Totally. I'm just I'm not there, but for those that are, like I appreciate it.
0: Oh man. Yeah, that sounds great. I think both cocktail mocktails, mocktails just sounds so fun and fresh. And and really, I said at the beginning, mocktails are what you want. You can do the alcohol alternative and stay traditional or you can go super fresh. You could go really light and just do a little soda water with some fresh juices. The mocktail, I think you have a little bit more freedom here than the balancing of the spirit with the ingredients. I think mocktails is more about the refreshing aspect.
1: Yeah, I, you know what? I still feel you need, the, the skills of bartending are mixology, you know, if you will still come into play because you still need to balance flavors. Like when you start getting citrus involved and especially lemon juice or lime juice, you're going to want to offset that with something sweet. So it comes in balance. Otherwise, it's going to pull the enamel off your teeth, right? (laughs) So there's still an art of balancing. And even with the mocktail I just told you about, maybe you want to take it back a couple Mm -hmm. of mint leaves, right? And that's fine. Or bring in a couple more cilantro leaves. That's fine, too. There is definitely a balancing act. So don't feel like you're giving up on your bartender or mixologist skill set by doing mocktails. Not that I think anybody really would after after what they just heard, but just in case.
0: If you take anything from the recipes, make it how you like it.
1: Yeah, but fresh is good.
0: Fresh is best. Fresh is the best. <laughs> All right, should I get into the the little history section that I have?
1: Yeah, I wanna hear your history. I wanna oh, hear what's wow. going on over here. I wanna see how you do this. Okay. All right. All right, Jules. Now, I'm going to start this segment by it's because it's Wacky Wednesday, right? <laughs> so we're switching roles here a little bit. It's right? a little wacky. This technically, is coming out Wednesday morning, late Tuesday night. All right, Wacky Wednesday. Jules? Yes feel like there's a history here behind the mocktail. We've got our drinks in hand. Mm-hmm. Tell us. Get into the store.
0: Okay, well, I'm going to do my history lesson a little bit differently. And I'm going to start it with a question for you, Brad. The first ever recorded mocktail. Do you know what it was?
1: The first ever recorded mocktail. In a book, we're saying, right? I don't know. Yeah. I'm thinking... And it's we're, we're using the term mocktail. I'm guessing somewhere in the 1900s, maybe it was the Shirley Temple, something like that. What was it?
0: Yeah, it was. That was it? It was the Shirley Temple. And there's an awesome history <laughs> I about look, it, looking it, at the too. notes. I was right. <laughs> it, it, it is. It is. I feel like that's when we're like, God, it's been around. So the term mocktail was first mentioned in the Merriam-Webster in 1916. And the first mocktail ever recorded was the Shirley Temple in the 1930s. So, no way. Yes, how cool is that? So, the Shirley Temple was made for the little actress Shirley Temple. And so, she was in Hollywood with her acting career very famous. She would go out, and there was a Beverly Hills bartender who knew with her age that she couldn't drink, and so he made her a mocktail, and they called it the Shirley Temple. How cute is that?
1: Very cute. A little good ship lollipop I... and actress are drinking her.
0: Yeah, I hope they didn't slip like vodka in there and she was drinking at a young age. She knew uh, it was crazy. She probably was <laughs> <No. laughs> <She's... laughs> <laughs> I know. Hey I know. Joe,
1: put a little more, of, put a little more of the good stuff in there, will you? Yeah. Okay, thanks, Jeez. kid. It's a good ship. Yeah. Lollipop, <laughs>
0: it's nice trip. Candy <laughs>
1: This isn't strong enough, Joe. Give me more juice. Give me more juice.
0: But then they had the dirty Shirley.
1: Whoa, whoa! What happened to Shirley? Where did she go? in later in life.
0: Yeah. Wait. That's what it's called, right?
1: Yeah, I know. Actually, you know, funny when we started talking to like, Red wait, Rock, get that right? <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> Those that produce this podcast, I remember. <laughs> I remember one of the examples they sent over to us and their pitch was the dirty Shirley. And I'm like, what the wow. hell is that? And then I looked it up How'd and we like- get there? literally I heard about the yeah, it's like also like the dirty shirty the dirty shirty. Wow. I haven't even been drinking yet. Have you uh, had the, a
0: cocktail? Did you lie?
1: The dirty Shirley. <laughs> the dirty <laughs> all right, the dirty Shirley starts popping up all over the place. Oh my like, god. It's
0: fuck. you know what? It's just wacky Wednesday, so <laughs>
1: Okay, I'm gonna, we're <laughs> going into the history.
0: The important part is that the first mocktail was the Shirley Temple. And if you have no idea what the Shirley Temple is, it is three ounces of ginger ale with three ounces of lemon-lime soda. But I, I've always done it with the ginger ale. You put that in ice in your glass and you tap with a little grenadine, a little maraschino cherry on top. And there you have a Shirley Temple. And I wanted yeah. to note in my history, once the Shirley Temple was created, there's other notable mocktails, which would be a virgin style of the pina colada, virgin style mojitos, daiquiris, and even margaritas. So they were older than I thought. I- I'm not gonna lie. I-, I thought that this was gonna be like way later. So it was a lot earlier in my research that, that was a little surprising to me.
1: If you think about it, right? like. Not every culture consumes alcohol. Now in alcoholic beverages, so to make water taste better than water, they have been mixing stuff into water. And then obviously somebody's like, hey, you know, you can make it kind of a nice buzz if you make some alcohol. (laughs) But you know, like honey water, the Romans used to drink and rose water. And so there's all kinds of things that people would try to infuse water with.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, like even teas and stuff. Totally.
1: Totally. Yeah. But
0: the yeah. recorded- so, But
1: the cocktail, calling it a cocktail,
0: yeah. Re- Calling go it ahead. a mock- That's Mocktail.
1: <laughs> mocktail. Because cocktail became a thing in the 1800s. And so somebody's like, well, I, I don't drink alcohol. So I'm going to do something called a mocktail. So there you go.
0: Yeah. So now we have the mocktail, obviously, since 1916. It uh, was uh, first mentioned. But now we made, I think, the mocktail era, if you will. Very popular- because of dry January. So a little history is the dry January dates back to the 1940s. It started as sober January and it morphed and evolved to dry January. It wasn't until 2014 that it became a public health initiative trademarked by Alcohol Change UK. And now it has become common practice across Europe and the United States. And the British charity started challenging trends in which millions participate annually. So Dry January I think was a leading drive in the sober curious movement. And there's two other things I think that are making its way into the mocktail era that are also contributing to the forward movement. And one of them has to be mocktail specific bars. So it is very new, very recent, I would say in the last five, maybe 10 years, especially in New York City, I know has a bunch of them now, and I'm sure LA, but there are specific mocktail bars that are making mocktails only with alcohol alternative spirits, alcohol alternative wines that are getting really creative with fresh juices and fresh infusions, shrubs and things like that. And so now you can go and have a social outing without having to go to a cocktail bar. You can quite literally go to a mocktail bar and imbibe with your friends without the alcohol. So those are starting to pop up and become very popular. All right. Have you ever going it be a
1: bit controversial?
0: <laughs>
1: I'm gonna I'm gonna throw it out there.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I'm just gonna say it and if people hate on me, they can hate.
0: Don't get us canceled, I don't Brad.
1: <laughs> we won't get
0: canceled. Okay.
1: But I just I as a business person, I would have a hard time leaning into an alcohol-free bar,
0: Hmm, right?
1: I think it's a good idea. I'm not saying we shouldn't have mocktails. I'm saying I think you are really pigeonholing yourself, right? If you think about how much the population, you know, what percentage of the population does drink, what percentage of the population doesn't drink. And I'm not saying that's more or less than either or, but I'm saying there's a big chunk of people out there that drink. So you are, I, and, and also it's not that I won't go have a mocktail, right? Like I enjoy cocktails. Sure, I'll have a mocktail once in a while. Absolutely. Yeah. To me, I don't see a bar making it a long time that is spirit-free. I see a bar making it a long time that has a spirit-free menu that's large, and very inclusive of, of people who don't want to drink. I don't know, I just, I I have a heart. like I feel like when you pigeonhole yourself like that, sure. like it's-
0: Well, see, I'll challenge you because I you're gonna think- gonna
1: hurt yourself, but I, I could be wrong.
0: This would be my solution, is having it also be a coffee shop in the morning. So having both. Because I think everybody sure. loves their coffee, whether you're mocktails or cocktails, it's coffee, coffee, coffee. And it'd be cool if you were almost multifaceted. So you would have coffees and teas. You could have the mocktails. And that way, you're not pigeonholing yourself so much, right?
1: That feels better to me.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Because I get it. I mean, no, no, no. It's okay because the mocktail era is still small.
1: Yeah. But I think if you're like a coffee shop and you're doing mocktails, that makes sense to me because now you're you're drawing in people who are like, look, a lot of people drink coffee, right? Like whether you do drink or you don't drink. Not everybody, you know, caffeine's not for everybody. I'm thinking specifically, like the Mormons don't drink caffeine by and large. But if you're a coffee shop, you're attracting a large crowd, whether they be drinkers or not. And then so if you decide to expand to a mocktail list, that's an idea. But
0: Brad, it'll be really interesting because this is going so quickly, this movement. it's I just feel like it's going, going, going and growing and evolving. I'd be interested to see if it'll stay in that lane, which is having mocktail-specific bars, or if it'll just stay in the sober curious lane. So it'll be interesting to see how it evolves, for sure.
1: I'm going to make the prediction that a alcohol-free bar will not make it long. Right. I will also make the prediction that, then, by the way, alcohol-free meaning I don't serve coffee, we're not doing a coffee shop thing. Like, we are just a sober bar. I don't think that's going to make it a long time. It's a great idea. It's very altruistic. I like it, but I think what's going to make it a long time, definitely the mocktail scene is yep. here and it's, it's going to stay. Yeah. I just think it's going to be a part of a larger spirit inclusive menu.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Or like, that. like you just said, coffee shop. So that's my prediction and would love to hear what everybody else thinks.
0: It's a great conversation because it's so new and it I think it just like kind of was like a bullet that's just like going so fast which is great it's totally great but it'll be interesting to see how it evolves and and where it's going to go which kind of leads me to my last point which is where i think it's gone in such a wonderful wonderful direction which is the sober curious alcohol alternative brands now this for me is totally my lane rather than go out and make a cocktail or a mocktail, make it at home. So having these brands is is something that I think is awesome to go and try. If you're sober curious, if you're pregnant, if whatever it is, these are awesome options. And there's so many, and there's so many continuing to come out. So I kind of want to rattle off a few if people are curious. So some of my favorites are, and I don't know if I would say this is a mocktail option, but I've actually, I bring these to parties when I I don't want to drink or I'm driving. They're the Poppies or the Oli pops. I prefer the Poppies. It's like a probiotic soda. So like they have Dr. Pepper flavor, they have Coca-Cola flavor, and they're two grams of sugar and like five calories. I mean, they're awesome and they're so delicious. So the drink Poppies are awesome. There is also a Swoon, it's a brand called Swoon and they're canned, They use monk fruit sweetener and they're like a nice lemonade. So, if you want to make a mocktail and have that to top, I love doing that. What I've been drinking throughout this episode is Kin Euphorics. They're also a can. And from my understanding, Kin Euphorics uses. Can you
1: afford it or Kin Euphorics?
0: Can euphorics, but it is expensive. Oh,
1: it's not can you afford it? <laughs> okay, gotcha.
0: <laughs> it is it is expensive though. So that's funny. You heard that. But it's euphorics. So they use like natural elements to like tease. So it's like uplifting, or sometimes it's like unwinding. So they use natural elements Ooh. there. Yeah, really cool. A couple others are Gia aperitifs. They're not alcoholic. Ritual Zero Proof is a spirit alternative. They have a lot of selections from alternative gins and tequilas. Yeah,
1: see those guys all over.
0: Yep, Monday, spirit alternatives. Liars is a spirit alternative. Seed Lip, also spirit alternative. Wilfrid's is a non-alcoholic aperitif alternative, which is awesome if you're trying to make a spritz. And then Brad, this is kind of cool. There's a brand called Athletic Brewing. They're non-alcoholic beers and also big brands like Heineken they're doing zero proof beers as well. So the beer category is, is getting bigger.
1: Yeah, and that's been around for a while.
0: Yeah, and then Soie, I think I'm saying that right, is sparkling aperitifs and wines. And then the last thing I will tell you is there's there's two brands, so one's recess and one is can. And they're hemp the can can be THC forward, but the Recess and some of the cans are more hemp, so it's the CBD, not the THC side. But the Recess has like booze-free margarita flavors. So those are more canned cocktail mocktails, if you will, that are really cool to check out as well. But there are some awesome, awesome brands out there that are totally leading this Sober Curious mocktail amazing lane. So check them out okay. for sure if you're, if you're curious.
1: Yeah, and there's cannabis, it's all uh, alcohol alternatives, and I got to tell you, there was, and I got to, I got to shout these guys out because Dad's Elixir sent me some sampler kit that literally broke my legs. Oh no! <laughs> I just, oh yeah, I don't know what I'm doing when it comes to that, and I'm like trying to figure out how to make a cocktail or a mocktail or a canna cocktail with it, can cocktail. and I was like, holy smokes! I mean, I had to go lay down. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's like it was on St. Patrick's Day. I was like, "Oh my god!" So I know if you are looking for something that's not alcohol related but still gives you a little little feeling of a euphoria or a buzz, that Dad's elixir works out really well too. Yeah. So
0: there's some super um, awesome options. It's a growing category. Yeah, I, I've got to
1: figure that part out.
0: Yeah, we all maybe not all, but some of us haven't figured out. Not all, not a lot of us, but uh, I certainly yeah, no. Don't. I mean, just
1: look. I mean, it's it's legal. It's everywhere, right?
0: Yeah. See, and that's why I like the cans, it's C-A-A-N. Those are great, because it's such a small, and you can actually spritz it with a little bit of soda water to elongate it, so it's like totally mellow. There's ways to do it, too. I mean, I bet you, you could even do that with yours. Add a little bit of soda water and make it a little bit longer, too.
1: Sure, no, totally, that's that's exactly what needs to happen, because yeah. the cap full that I took, I was like, oh, what day is
0: it? <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> Yeah, there's also another good brand for that, too. That's It's called Pamos. They're out of L.A., and they're more like a, a THC spirit, if you will. But there's no alcohol in it. That's really cool. So, again, this category, talk to us in a week. There's going to be more options. So go out there, get curious, and have fun with it. But it's a, it's a fun category whether you are not drinking or you are. I mean, really and truly, anybody's welcome in this category, which is fun. For sure. Okay, how do I do on my history section
1: <laughs> I, Jules, I am impressed. Well, let's get into the tips, huh? Let's get into the tips. Tip time, Jules.
0: Yeah, we've done a really good job covering the mocktail category. And Brad, I'm pretty proud of you. You've done really well. Because I know Thanks. this isn't a yeah. category you're very familiar with. Not that not that you're against it, but... I think for this tip section, it would be wise of us, since we're doing mocktails this episode, to share with everybody some great preservation methods for fresh flavors. Because if there's one thing I love about mocktails, it's using fresh. I said that at the beginning, I love using fresh ingredients. And sometimes it's hard to get certain ingredients when you want them just based on seasonality. So I have a couple of tips on how to preserve our fresh flavors. And I'm gonna—I'm just going to kind of rattle them off. And Brad, if you want to jump in, jump in. But I think I speak on behalf of both of us. One of our favorite and yet the most simple way to get flavor from ingredients, say pineapples are going bad or you're at the end of persimmon season, one of my favorite ways is simple syrup. You can make it with pretty much any ingredient you'd like, and they'll last about two to four weeks in the fridge. But they can actually be frozen for future use. I like to do them in little Ziploc bags and laying them flat, and then freezing them. That way, you know you save room in the freezer, and you can label the Ziploc bags, if you will, the glass like a mason jar kind of makes it tough. But I've done the plastic bag trick, and and it works. So. You have your syrups. Now, the second, which might be a little bit difficult for the mocktail category, but I think it's wise to talk about, is infusions. And I think one of the best ways is to infuse your booze. I would say infuse your non-alcoholic spirits if you have them, but- There you go. Yeah, so use strawberries. Use blueberries, persimmons, cinnamon. uh, I mean, literally anything and everything. Hold on a second. This is the second
1: time you said persimmon, which I find to be an obscure (laughs) fruit. Uh, (laughs) Where is this persimmon coming from, by the way? (laughs) Nothing wrong. They're they're delicious, but
0: uh, what the hell is going on right now?
1: Persimmons, like you've said it twice.
0: I can talk about it. I'm shooting my cocktail book here pretty soon, and one of the ingredients we're working with is persimmons, but persimmons aren't in season. So, you know, we're doing some workarounds. so it's top (laughs) of mind right now.
1: (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like July, August, like persimmons don't even come in a season for like uh, until October.
0: I know. I can't That's think hard. of any summer. Hey, listen, right
1: I don't now. mean to make you sweat, but I'm like rattling off all this stuff. And also, persimmon comes up twice. And I'm like, what the hell? Just, you don't hear that <laughs> every like day. And favorite. I just heard it twice. Oh, in my like God. Two minutes.
0: <laughs> oh, okay. Well, you could also do peaches for summer, cherries. Cherries. Yeah, there's a lot of options there. Well, you know and Maybe somebody's listening to this
1: in October, January. All right. Hey, yeah.
0: you never All know. Right. Persimmons are great.
1: They are good. I like them.
0: But their season, kind of like rhubarb, are so fleeting. I mean, it comes and goes quick. So, th- this is a good one to use. And then, what I say is, depending on the ingredient, I like to infuse it for at least 24 hours. And then I kind of go every three days or so. Vanilla beans, for example, are going to need longer than three days. I think they need like a week.
1: I don't know. What's like durian need? Do you know durian? No. Oh my God. Durian, that's that, it's that fruit. That's like a giant, I can't even say a football. It's about the size of a beef brisket and it's all spiky. Oh. And when you open it up, it smells like rotting meat, but apparently the flavor is like super sweet and funky. Like somehow appealing. I can't get past the smell anyways. But like jackfruit is its friendly friendly brother or sister. Yeah, yeah. That doesn't smell as bad. Yeah. Sorry, I've totally derailed us anyways.
0: Yeah, nothing's off the table. But I will say when you're infusing to strain it and it'll last about six months.
1: I dig it. All right. Well done. I will be embracing more of the hashtag mocktail life.
0: Well, there you have it. Cheers, Uncle Brad.
1: Cheers, Jules. And thank you, everyone, for listening to the show.
0: Don't worry, we will have the photos and recipes for today's cocktails on the website, joinjewels.com.
1: And if you got questions or comments for us, hit us up on the Insta at the Art of Drinking Podcast. And of course, find Jewels at joinjewels or Cigars and Vino, that's me, also on the Insta
0: hey, subscribe to my cocktail club on Facebook. All you'll need to do is search Join Jules Cocktail Club and there you'll see what other cocktail enthusiasts are shaking up.
1: This is a Red Rock music podcast.
0: Don't forget, subscribe, like, and review The Art of Drinking with Join Jules and your favorite uncle wherever you get your podcasts.